You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. Today, I share a short story I wrote about an experience of death and rebirth. In my story, I had already gone through a period of midlife unraveling and a little reconstruction. I had put into motion a completely different way of living my life, but then I got cold feet. I wrote this story six months after I started my new life in a beach town. I hope you enjoy it and will share it with others. It's called Unleashed. As I settled into my usual seat at Jack's Tavern, the bartender proudly set a happy hour price glass of Cabernet in front of me before I had a chance to order. Thanks, I smiled. I was awaiting the arrival of my friend DJ. Twelve months earlier, this self-aware male version of Millennial had been reporting to me in my role as nonprofit director. Now he played just one role, friend. Are you excited? He asked as he hung his jacket on the back of a bar stool and ordered a beer. It's like you're on an adventure. I wanted so badly to say yes, but I just couldn't. I could no longer answer those questions in a way that seemed to serve no other purpose than to reassure the questioner. I had begun to experience the kind of coming out of the closet that other women who have reached midlife talk about. They begin to take off the armor of fitting into the wounded masculine culture, their new nakedness manifesting as the freedom to tell the truth, especially about themselves. I wasn't sure how much time had passed before I responded to DJ's question with, well, I didn't know how to explain the disorientation I was feeling after what felt like the cutting of an umbilical cord between me and a way of life in which my identity was tied. I tried to explain it to DJ this way. It's like I'm in this doorway between someone I was and someone I'm going to be. I love the idea of becoming someone new, but for the first time in my life, I don't have any idea of who that is and how to make it happen. Later that night, I mused about what a close friend had said about a month ago. Deborah, I've known you for 20 years. I hate to tell you this, but you have ended up living a very conventional life and you are definitely not conventional. Ouch! It felt like a punch in the gut for someone who prided herself on being a nonconformist. I had resisted the temptation of trying to be superwoman. I was happy to be good enough at being a mother and a professional. I thought I had beat the system by not killing myself trying to be great at both or either. So now here I was with another chance to resist convention. The year prior had been filled with anxiety, caused by the uncertainty that permeated every aspect of my life. I had left the highest paying job I had ever held without having a new job to take its place for the sole reason that I knew my soul would die if I didn't leave. My lack of trust in where my soul was leading left me feeling panicky. I got cold feet. I started pursuing reasonable opportunities. In the interviews, I caught myself feigning excitement about jobs that were merely attempts by my ego to save me from the fright associated with following the path of my soul, the specifics of which had not yet been revealed to me. 
when the chair of the board for one organization admitted that my enthusiasm wasn't going to be a match for their staff, I cursed my soul for her morbid sense of humor. It was now clear that convention would no longer be an option. Just four weeks before my meetup with DJ, I had closed on the sale of my home and moved in with a friend before I was to get in my car and drive down to a beach town in Florida to start my new life. I wrestled with one inner voice that said I was abandoning my adult children and another voice that said that my leaving was going to be good for them too. Before I drove away from my smiling children who were genuinely excited for me, I demanded that they pose for another picture. In this one, their faces had to look sad. They obliged and then laughed. I wanted to feel liberated as I drove towards my first stop, Nashville, which was halfway to my destination. For hours, I was overtaken by an emotionless hypnotic state, like what I imagine a tightrope walker requires to avoid plunging to her death. Nashville was a ghost town. It was the day before its first attempt to reopen during COVID-19, and the empty downtown felt like a symbolic reminder of the in-between state of my existence, between here and there. I'm here, I thought, when I arrived at my new home in Florida, an apartment complex that looked more like a vacation resort. And then I wondered, but who is it that has arrived? The first two months of my new life were filled with attempts to ground myself and relax into a new way of experiencing life, which were constantly undermined by another part of me who was attached to my old way of existing in the world. You need to find a job, a familiar voice scolded. I call him my inner lawyer. To which another voice would respond, Why the rush? You've got enough money to pay the bills for a year. This voice was that of my inner child, who had escaped my shadow when my midlife unraveling turned into midlife reconstruction. You should be saving that money for your next house, my inner lawyer retorted. Oh my gosh, my inner child shook her head, clearly exasperated by my excuses. And then I recalled a spiritual saying that suggests whatever you're struggling with is the very thing you need to stop resisting. I consciously began to develop a muscle for feeling secure in an insecure situation and for relaxing when I didn't think I had a right to relax. A new part of me started to emerge slowly, like the butterfly that must work hard to dig itself out of its cocoon. I began to feel as though I was back in my 20s with my entire life in front of me, but this time I didn't have that arrogant and naive self-confidence. It felt so much more personal and purposeful now perhaps a side effect of the humility that comes from decades of life experience. As I let go of the reins and became more open to what life had to offer me, strange coincidences began to occur one after the other. What? I panicked after clicking the button for the eight-week writing course, which would culminate in the launching of myself as a writer. Yikes! Was my first thought when I realized the focus was on fiction. Then I remembered my soul's sense of humor. Without knowing what I was doing, the writing of my first short story brought the same joy that my first post-divorce soulmate relationship had two years earlier. The same sexual energy that had allowed me to transcend a physical relationship and bring me into contact with the source of creation now manifested through my writing. Something had been unleashed in me. In hindsight, the two weeks following the unleashing brought to life C.G. Jung's suggestion that for this unleashing to happen, something else had to subside or even die. After all, there can be no rebirth without death. A strange thing happened one night. I woke up a few hours after having fallen asleep. I knew where I was, but I couldn't remember anything. I called my sister who lived nearby. I feel like I'm losing a piece of my mind, I said with panic. 
thankful that she answered my call at 1 a.m. What do you mean? She remained calm as she guided me to the sink to drink a glass of water and then to my screen porch to inhale some fresh air into my lungs. The pitch of my voice was high as I rambled on. I don't know. It's as if I'm trying to grasp onto something, a memory or something, but I don't know what or which memory. I just feel like I'm about to lose something. After I caught my breath and felt more grounded, I returned to bed. In the morning, I knew something significant was happening to me. Night after night for the next two weeks, as I settled into the darkness of my bedroom, I was plagued first by a preoccupation with getting breast cancer, then three nights of waking up with my arm numb. On another night, I was intrigued by my calmness as I contemplated the possibility that I might not wake up the next morning. I got up and jotted a note down about writing one of those if I die letters to my children so they could find all my accounts and passwords. Then it happened, a shift that was felt in the deepest part of me, an openness to, and complete trust in, the creative intelligence that was now seeking expression in the world through me. I'm a writer, I began spontaneously saying aloud to people who asked what I did. A giggle usually followed my still vulnerable proclamation. And then one day, on a walk to the beach, I stopped. I finally feel it, excitement for my new adventure. I hope you enjoyed my story. I write for me and others to help process and find meaning in ordinary life events. You can also read this story on my blog at deboralukovich.com and can download a PDF on my website as well. You can subscribe to get updates on my writing and podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at dlukovich and Twitter at deblukovich or become a friend on Facebook. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.